this is Patrick Daly and welcome to Interlinks. Interlinks is a program about connections, international business, supply chains and globalization and the effects these have on our life, our work and our travel in today's world. Today on the show, we will be talking to Raphael Kessler, master dealer in Brazil for the Irish materials handling equipment manufacturer CombiLift. CombiLift is based in Monaghan here in Ireland and is one of the most innovative materials handling equipment companies in the world and now has over 60,000 units operational in some 90 countries around the world, among them Brazil. So I am delighted to have Rafael with us uh, today to talk uh, to us about the world of logistics and supply chain from a Brazilian uh, perspective. So uh, welcome, Rafael. Delighted to have you here with us today. Okay. Well, thank you, Patrick. Thank you for the opportunity uh, to present myself, uh, discuss about uh, Comblift and also Comblift in the Brazilian market and some of the changes that are happening uh, in Brazil also. You're very welcome. Uh, delighted to have you. So maybe just to start, give uh, people an overview of, of, of you in a sense uh, as, a, as a professional. So could you give me an overview of your career to date and how you came to be the master dealer for an Irish materials handling company in Brazil? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, born and raised in Brazil uh, from uh, European ancestry. Uh, one side is from Portugal. The other side is from uh, north of uh, Germany, uh, Denmark. Uh, family has been in Brazil since uh, 1880, 1890, so it's fully uh, Brazilian. Uh, I graduated uh, in the south of Brazil. It's a city called Porto Alegre. Uh, first uh, uh, bachelor degree in uh, mechanical engineering. Uh, and after that, uh, maybe 10 years later, I studied, uh, I took my master's in uh, business administration. Uh, my career has been uh, with the automotive industry and then moved into logistics. And on that role, I worked as a, a project to product engineer, as a project manager, uh, as quality manager. And then moved into logistics, uh, sales, and logistics engineering. So, uh, all in all, I end up being a uh, logistics or uh, a solutions provider for logistics, using all that uh, that background. It's an interesting combination because you've got engineering, you've got business, and you've got logistics. And I think those three things make you quite complete and rounded in that respect, I would think. Yes. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing is uh, uh, that makes it easier, maybe, uh, or maybe uh, a better background, uh, not being a... Uh, forklift salesperson. Uh, I can watch the needs of customers from uh, ground up, uh, understanding all the, uh, uh, the, the <laughs> we call it all types of pain uh, and also the limitations because every business has 
in one side the need for growth and the other side has the constraints the constraints so it helps somewhat uh, on that uh, from that perspective yeah and uh, and you, you, i guess you can focus on the business benefits of a, of a solution as well because of that kind of business perspective that you have yes correct yeah so in brazil uh, which uh, products and services that CombiLive provides are you are you in a position to provide in the Brazilian market, and what's your geographical range? Do you, do you cover the whole uh, country of Brazil, which is you know it's almost a continent-sized country? So are you able to cover all of that? Uh, yes. Uh, what? Uh, well, first of all, maybe uh, what CombiLift is. Uh, CombiLift is. Before being a uh, an equipment manufacturer, Comblift was designed or has on its DNA uh, to be a, a solution provider. So the first thing is, uh, does the customer need a solution or needs to improve something to their business? Within the walls, intralogistics. You know, we don't provide. Uh, transport services no we provide solutions to uh, whatever happens inside the walls uh, and then when we say that it's we look for safety we look for productivity we like we look for better use of space so uh when approach a, uh, approach a customer i i'm always looking for are you in need for help now or you don't need help because a customer that doesn't need help, it's not a ground for my work, for my experience. So the first thing is uh, to provide solution to that customer. Uh, I've been with the company for the last uh, 14 years. So that gives also a lot of experience. And we provide solutions to starting for pallet-sized uh, loads that would fit with e-commerce, uh, would fit with uh, uh, need to grow higher on the warehouse, uh, uh, solutions for uh, anyone working in urban areas. So that's one side. The other side of our business is when the customer has long loads, for example, steel, pipes, uh, oil industry, something very, very long. So we provide solution for that. And another thing that's happening is uh, you need to be smarter when you handle containers because containers are in, in need. They are scarce uh, asset uh, recently. So we need to be faster when handling containers. So we have also solutions for that. And what I do is, from my engineering background, I support the network of dealers and salespeople within the whole Brazil. You know, Brazil is the size of the United States, uh, you know, both length and width. Uh, and uh, with the internet, and now <laughs> today is acceptable to provide a solution. We don't have to drive, we don't have to fly to the customer. So I've been doing a lot of uh, virtual meetings to support our people on the ground with uh, 
uh, improve solutions to uh, what the customer really needs. Uh, and then from that point, I'm able from where I am uh, to support the whole uh, country of Brazil. I see. So um, we've 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 heard a lot about how the uh, ongoing international supply chain crisis has been d- disrupting um, material flows around the world. So how is the supply chain crisis manifesting itself in Brazil? And how is it changing the strategies of Brazilian companies as regards their, their warehousing and their materials handling operations? Yeah, well, it, it did affect, uh, I would say that uh, affected Brazil like any other country in the world. Uh, we are very dependent on uh, raw materials, on manufactured goods from other places. Uh, so what is happening is, number one, the uh, companies have increased the level of inventory. So what would come... Uh, uh, on uh, um, many supply, many deliveries, uh, deliveries every year. Mm-hmm. People, companies now are having uh, have increased the, the level of inventory. That's one. Uh, a lot of companies have developed in-house manufacturing, so that takes space from warehouse to be you know floor for manufacturing. Uh, and uh, the other thing is uh, some companies are installing in Brazil capacity that would come from other places. So uh, need for space is absolute uh, in the country uh, for anything. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. either small goods or big, big things uh, that's happening. Uh, so the country does not rely on outside, uh, the smarter companies, they are keeping the outside foreign source and developing uh, uh, sources uh, in the country. So you've got uh, diversification of supply, so diversifying outside and inside. You've got increased inventory levels, so that's probably driving bigger um, warehouses. Um, and then you have potentially e- e-commerce, which is driving a lot more small warehouses as well. So you got yeah. pressure in in various different areas. Is that is that what you're seeing? Yes, correct. Yeah. Well, I forgot to say the e-commerce. What uh, what the pandemics have brought is uh, people are not going outside. So uh, e-commerce is happening, and not only. Because e-commerce in two years ago, three years ago, would take place mostly in uh, the big urban areas. And it's now moving other places in the country. So we see more need for smaller warehouses that would serve uh, cities uh, with 30,000, 20,000 people. And that is not like... Europe, not like the USA, that uh, you know there is one every twenty kilometers, thirty kilometers. These twenty thousand people, uh, cities, they are two hundred kilometers apart. Yeah. Yes. So you need to have many 
warehouses yeah. spread between over big distances between the population centers is that it yes. 93.9 dublin south fm but whenever and, you go away from the ocean you know it becomes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that is true when you look at, at brazil most of the population is concentrated maybe within i don't know 100 150 kilometers of the coast right and then you have this massive area behind that's much more sparsely populated correct so um as a consequence of these uh, changes in the way warehousing materials handling um is is configuring itself in brazil what what's your vision for the future of of your own business do you see opportunities in that do you see you'll have to change in some ways yeah, many opportunities because what happens is when you start doing things different, you know, different sizes of warehouse or, as you said, bigger warehouses, sometimes they're uh, in urban areas uh, and 70% of the economy is still within the big urban areas. There is not a lot of uh, empty space to grow. So instead of growing in size, people have to uh, be smarter when using that size. And that's one of the, the big differentials of, of Comblift since day one. Uh, we deliver solutions that will uh, help people use better, make, make better use of space. So that's one need uh, one need that we are feeling fulfilling is uh, we help people to make better use of their the existing space the other thing is as companies start to uh, develop uh, warehouses in new areas you want uh, one equip equipment that is versatile that can do many things for a smaller warehouse, and also is very reliable. And that, that's another thing that uh, Comblift developed since day one. Uh, our products are manufactured in a small town, 5,000 people live in Monaghan, and is delivered to over 90 countries in the whole world. So we created, uh, we designed uh, equipment that is very um, simple, can operate in many uh, different conditions. And that's the ideal equipment from situations like that, that you need to be uh, both very uh, productive and very reliable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, this this thing of, of saving space. I think this um, champion product that you have, the the Isle Master, which is a, an articulated forklift truck, which Correct. is a very versatile um, fork truck, but that can work in a very narrow aisle and quite high. So, how high can that work? Oh, it goes up to sixteen meter high. Okay. And the other thing is for that particular type of uh, equipment is it carries up to three tons. So can do a lot of things that, you know, uh, usually narrow aisle trucks equipment will not do. So drives outside, go, drives inside. If it's raining, it works. Uh, 
We even developed one thing for the Amazon. <laughs> we, it runs on diesel. Okay. So, yeah. So we make it something very, very uh, uh, universal and still very productive or uh, very capable of working in small, tight areas. Okay. And then the next question, and maybe related to, to e-commerce, um, and interesting for yourselves because you, you you like to have flexibility and versatility. And this question now is coming about um, the development of automation in, in the world, particularly with the impact on workforces that we've seen during during the, the pandemic, uh, particularly in, in warehousing and materials handling operations. So do you think we're looking at a, at a rapid transformation to automation in warehousing materials handling, or do you think it's going to be more of a gradual change? Well, uh, it might take about automation is number one. It's coming. You know, you cannot reverse, you cannot stop automation. There are very smart ideas uh, when you look at the deliveries with drones, uh, you know, like inventory counting with drones, uh, some very compact uh, ways of uh, keeping uh, stock inventory. But then on the other hand, uh, the world is changing and no one really can predict what's going to happen over two, three, five years time. So uh, how will that change affect automation? We don't know. Uh, So it's not possible to move everything into automation. At, on the other side, you have to have some versatility. And uh, the other thing is, as we speak about Brazil, is sometimes when you increase automation, you need also to have service. And how can you provide service to things that are 2,000 kilometers out west? You know, it's... Uh, uh, it is something that applies to some some areas, but not it's not a universal uh, uh, medicine. Uh, and uh, the other thing is, we feel that not all equipment is already optimized to whatever is best. So we still feel that there there is ground to improve the way. Uh, we handle the processes, uh, and only after that we should automate. Uh, you know, only after all the optimization is complete, then we should automate. That's yeah, true because if if the process isn't automated, the return on investment calculation is not correct. Isn't that right? It's it's a right, false yeah. calculation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Does uh, CombiLift have, or will it have in the future? an option in automated guided vehicles, whether on a pallet truck or something like that? Yeah, we already have AGVs. Uh, We have our own uh, cell that is already working for a few years. And there are some customers that already have uh, the Comlift AGV. But we also have partners that are automating our equipment. So we are not only... Comblift product. We 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 are open to uh, Comblift plus someone else. Uh, 
but it's not the major drive within Combolift. AGV is not the, the number one selling point. Is will help automation, will automate, but it's before we do automation, there are so many things that have to be improved from quality, from uh, 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 from productivity, space, and uh, uh, and and uh, productivity. Yeah, yeah, okay. And uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of maybe change tack a little and ask a, a question, maybe just about the 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 world in in general, just to get your perspective um, on it. So, you know, over the last 30, 40 years, I, I guess in 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 our working lifetime, the world has changed uh, radically, and we've been able to. Um, do business internationally much easier than it was before, um, thanks to economic globalization. But, you know, over the last seven years or so, um, we've seen kind of globalization being called into question with developments like uh, Brexit here uh, in in Europe, uh, international trade wars, then we had COVID, now we have this war in Europe. Um, So what's your own perspective on, on globalization and its advantages and disadvantages and where do you think we're headed with it well i think what all this is it's number one is information is key is like we are talking today in two different continents people are communicating like never before uh, even uh you know, uh, concurrent projects running, being run by five, six teams that are split. So that would be, I would say, the ultimate globalization is, uh, you know, knowledge is not protected. You know, we can have teams working together in six different places. We've learned how to do this. Uh, Now, do uh, the supplies come from far, from near? Uh, are countries, do they have a political or relationship? I think it's information is above that all. Uh, you cannot stop globalization, but just saying, oh, I will have all my factories in one location and uh, customers uh, on the other location, probably that's not going to work. So uh, you have to have a mix of everything. Yeah, it, lo- it looks like there's a kind of a reconfiguration of international supply chains going on into kind of regions, um, you know, more than the intercontinental flows, maybe regional flows, you know, like Mexico for North America or Morocco and Turkey for Europe and so on. Yeah. Yeah, probably it, it's <laughs> some, some people say that the best thing would be if we would buy food only from the local supplier, you know, you know, just for the fuel and all the energy to it works. But it, it you cannot just say, you know, it has to be. I think it's nothing can be mandatory. It's yes. uh, yeah. whatever it's best. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you would hope that the incentives would be there to do things um, in ways that are more efficient, but they actually make business sense as well. 
Now, it's going to take us a while, I think, to get there, but hopefully that will be um, something that will give it its own momentum of self-interest, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, could be. Yeah. We hope, we hope. So um, maybe as we as we come into the last few minutes, maybe just ask you about, about yourself. So outside of, of work, what kind of things do you like to do in your spare time? Okay. Well, I now the, the last two years have kind of uh, avoided that, but I love traveling, you know, just to get to know other countries, other people, other cultures. It's I think that's probably one of the most intriguing or challenging is to uh, learn how how people do it, why did they do it, uh, you know, what's what's their culture. I think that's it's one amazing thing just to get to know the world, uh, you know, in depth and detail. Yeah. And when did you come to Ireland first? And what, what struck you about Ireland? What surprised you about it? Well, uh, first time I was in Ireland was 2009. I think 2009. <laughs> I was there for a week. And on the last day, I, I'm not sure who was driving me, but I asked, you know, <clears throat> how are you guys so friendly? You know, what happens? <laughs> what makes you so friendly to anyone, everyone? And the person told me, oh, we, we were forced to emigrate. So we, <laughs> we know how it is to uh, start a life in another place. So we try to be uh, nice, open to uh, you know foreigners. Okay, so so you 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 enjoyed that first trip, and any you've been here many times since, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, can't count. Maybe 10, 15, i I'm, I'm not sure. So, um, are you are you reading anything or listening to anything? You know, in terms of audio books, books, audio books, podcasts that, that are uh, of interest that inspired you, maybe that you'd recommend? Yeah, no, not not really. I, I'm kind of open. I I don't have anything that is you know I have to do this every day or every week. I do read a lot of logistics. Uh, you know, my customers. They kind of suck me into their business. Uh, and other than that, just uh, whatever is happening in the world, uh, what I try to do is try to find many sources. I find that, you know, sometimes you go into a few sources that are so leaning to one side or another. So kind of like to do some investigation, you know, what's, what's really happening. Yeah, yeah, it is. There's so much going on in the world, and it's all going on at the same time. It's quite difficult to figure out what is really going on. It's not right. Yes, correct. Okay. So, uh, where can people find out more about about you, about CombiLift in in Brazil, your work, and and how can they contact you? Okay. Well, I I say the primary source is uh, my LinkedIn. I kind of I try to be very active with LinkedIn to say that what's happening with uh, Comblift in, in Brazil. Uh, we have a YouTube channel also, Comblift Brazil. Uh, other than that, it's just go to webpage, 
find the Comolift is is very good at that. You know, you find me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my private life is kind of private, so uh, yeah. you probably will not see a lot. We won't, we won't see you on Facebook or any of those. No, people. no Facebook. I, Instagram, I have it, but it's probably have five posts. My daughter said I should have one, so I have it, but uh, you'll well, not see much there. Yeah, well, thanks very much, uh, Raphael. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you today and wish you the very best for the future. Thank you, Patrick. The same, you know, all the, all the best. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks also to our listeners for, for tuning in. And with any comments or questions, just drop me a line on uh, pdaily, that's P-D-A-L-Y, at alba logistics, A-L-B-A logistics.com. And keep well and stay safe until next time.